Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today, my guest is Matt Granados. Matt is an international coach and trainer working with individuals and teams to increase bandwidth, increase motivation, and minimize stress. From CEOs of billion-dollar companies to individuals trying to get back to where they want to be, Matt and his team have created programs for individuals to get the exact results they desire in all areas of life. Today's big idea is mentoring. We discuss the four things that you need to come into a mentoring relationship ready to do, when and why you should put mentoring relationships on pause or end them, how to respect your mentor's time and get more of their time for calls, and more. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Matt. Thanks for being here on the Idea Climbing Podcast today. We appreciate it. Mark, appreciate you having me. And I'd love to just jump right in. The last time we talked, you mentioned that you're never going to find a perfect mentor, yet mentoring is important to you. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, it was, uh, it was advice I got from a mentor of mine. And he said, and I still to this day, was probably the most valuable uh, message I've received about mentoring was he said, having a mentor is like going to a buffet, right? You don't have to eat everything. Pick what you like, leave what you don't like. He said, because you'll never find a perfect person. So what he meant by that was you're not going to find somebody that has every single thing that you want perfectly. I mean, okay, maybe you might, but it's going to be very, very hard. And then what happens is every now and then when you start building these mentor relationships, you start putting these mentors on pedestals. If you put them on a pedestal, they'll eventually fall down because they're people. Things happen, right? They, they might have the best marriage in the world and 10 years goes on and you have a lot. I like to keep my mentors for a while. They're bound to go through something that's going to cause an issue. Um, or vice versa, right? Going the other way. Um, as you go to meet somebody, they seem great on the surface, but you have to be willing to cut them off if you realize, wait a minute, they're not where I want to be. So um, recognizing that not all mentor, you're never going to find a perfect mentor, but being willing to pick and choose what you can pull from them, right? As far as experience and knowledge and what you can learn from them, even if it might be some of the negative things. So in your case, how do you go about finding mentors? You don't have one and then you have one. What happens in between? Yeah. So I, uh, I basically, it depends on what I'm looking to do. Right. So my wife one time told me that I had no physical goals and I said, look, I, said, I, I teach this stuff, right. Our entire company life pulse is based around bringing intentionality back to life. Right. We increase motivation, increase bandwidth and minimize stress. I teach this to everyone. What do you mean? We don't, I don't have physical goals. And she said, you don't, they're kind of weak. And I said, look, I said, I, know what it is that uh that we like to do and the problem that comes with everything is when someone challenges me like that i like to live up to it so i signed up for an iron man that was my next step uh i hate running i hate working out i hate everything about it but I, it was the hardest thing physically to do so i found somebody who ran in the world championship in kona and i got them to coach me now mentorship has led to this coaching industry right that we're all a part of in some way, shape or form. Either we have a coach or we are a coach or we want to be a coach or we want to get a coach. Everyone's kind of in this circle of this industry. And what happened was I find people who have done what I want to do and have done it well. And then I go and talk to them and I just ask them how they did it. People like to share that. And then what happens is when they tell me how they did it, I do what not many people do is instead of trying to prove people wrong, I spend a lot of my time trying to prove people right. So someone says, try this. I don't sit there and tell this person who has done what I want to do, who's telling me what they did to do it and is giving me a suggestion on what I should do. 
my arrogance is left at the door and who am I to tell them that won't work? Instead, I kind of give them the, the benefit of the doubt. I mean, they ran the Ironman on the hardest terrain on a volcano in Hawaii at the world competition. Like they, they are one of the best. They're telling me to do X, Y, and Z. Why would I waste my time trying to prove them wrong when I could spend time trying to prove them right? So I would take the advice, I implement it, I get a result. There's no such thing as success or failure in this time. It's just getting results. And then I could bring it back to them and say, look, I did what you said. I still can't swim. I'm still sinking in the water. I can't ride my bike. What's next? Or I took what you said. I got to where I want to go. How do I get to the next level? See, a mentor-mentee relationship, it's like ping pong. I mean, you hit the ball over, they hit the ball back. It's a back and forth relationship. And the more you hit the ball over and they hit the ball back and then you return back based on the information they gave you, the better the relationship becomes. And I think it's something that's misunderstood is it's not like, hey, Mark, you're a really successful individual. Would you be my mentor? The amount of times that people ask me that, now I don't make fun of them when they ask me that, but inside I do laugh because it's just, it's just not how the relationships form. Because obviously I'll say yes. I would think you would say yes, but it doesn't mean it's a valuable mentor-mentee relationship. Most of my mentor-mentee relationships, there's never been a formal confirmation that we are in this relationship. <laughs> it's not needed. So how did you know you were in a relationship? Was it the back and forth or how do you know when you found a mentor? Yeah, my, my whole thing is when they reply to my emails, right? When they take, vet, they take interest in what I'm doing, I have a mentor. Now that mentor relationship sometimes only lasts a couple emails, right? And then we don't need, like, I, don't, I don't collect mentors just to have mentors. Does that make sense? Like I know a lot of people who uh, want to meet famous people and I'm going, all right, well, why do you want to get to know them? Well, because they're successful. Okay, well, that's not a good enough reason to waste their time, right? You could read a book or a blog about them and find out why they're successful. But I want to talk to somebody who's done exactly what I'm doing or what I think I want to do to find out, A, is it what I want to do? B, how did they do it? C, what did they sacrifice to get there? And then D, I need to go home and go, am I willing to do what they said, what they did, and what they sacrificed to achieve what they received? And it's, it's a back and forth movement. And the mentee guides the relationship. You talk more about that because I think that's something that some mentees think, oh, I found the old sage on the hill. Yep. He or she is going to tell me what I need to do and life will be perfect. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I sit there and go, if you find that person, they're busy or they're retired. Either one, right? They're either busy or they're done doing the work. They don't want to push the relationship around. They've been pushing relationships, whether it's in their businesses, whether it's trying to raise their kids, whatever it might be. No, I make it as easy as possible for anyone who's mentoring me to mentor me. And then I give them all of the credit when they mentor me and not because I'm just trying to fill their head because they actually, they were the ones who guided me through it. They deserve the credit. All I did was follow what they said. Right now, a lot of times it's, well, yeah, they told me to do this, but I did it my way. Well, who cares? Who cares if you tweaked what they said? They sparked it. They got you going. Let's give credit where it deserves because guess what? There might be another time where you need help. I have mentors of mine who I haven't talked to in 10 years that I could get on the phone and call right now if I needed to, because of how I left the relationship almost on pause because, hey, I don't need to talk to that coach because I'm not running an Ironman ever again. But I might have a client who pops up and says, hey, I want to run an Ironman. You better believe I'm going to give Chris a call and say, Chris, can you connect with this client for me? But it's because I come into the situation 100% coachable, ready to learn, ready to implement, and ready to prove the mentor right so that they'd like to continue to give me advice. 
How do you leave a relationship on pause versus letting it completely fizzle out? Um, that's a great question, right? I don't consider any relationship of mine that's ever fizzled out unless it's ended like formally, right? But again, I don't create formal relationships outside of my wife, right? So it doesn't <laughs> create it. I don't end it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you know, so if you're sitting there going, hey, are we still mentor mentees? Well, okay, I guess now we need to answer no versus this relationship there's no benefit on either side at this point. So let's say I wasn't, I'm not running the Ironman anymore. Like I said, I'll never do that again. I'm glad I did it. Got my little trophy. I will never, I sold the bike in less than 24 hours of me doing it. Like I was <laughs> done. Right. Um, however, so I don't need to call Chris who was my mentor through that at the time. Does that make sense? Like yeah. there's no, all I would be doing is taking up my time, trying to think of something to talk about and taking up his time because he doesn't, What's he going to talk about? How, how to how to get you know release my new book? He hasn't released a book. Now, when I released Motivate the Unmotivated, I reached out to someone who I saw hit a number one international bestseller. I said, "Hey, how did you do it?" They gave me the steps. We put it in process, and boom, number one international bestseller. When I'm reaching out, it's trying to I'm hey I'm trying to close Twitter on this ongoing coaching program for all their managers. How do I do it? I'd find someone else who did it in a different industry, so they're not they don't see me as competition, and say, "How did you do it?" And again, instead of telling them, and sometimes people will give me ideas and I'll go, there's no way that will ever work ever. And I've had to humble myself to go, shut up, Matt. You asked the question. They gave you the answer. You implement it and make it work. And I'm telling you, it's been an amazing journey. And I've been able to skip a lot of hurdles and deal with a lot less issues doing it this way than trying to figure it out on my own. Well, it sounds like that's a big part of mentorship is why make 12 months of mistakes to learn something you could have learned in a 30 minute phone call. Yeah. Why make, and 12 months is an understatement. Why make a lifetime of mistakes when you could talk to someone who's experienced it and moved it in the right direction. So for example, my daughter, Natalie, um, anyone who follows us on social media, you know that our daughter has a genetic issue that causes her not to be able to walk or crawl or move really right. She can't use her muscles properly. So, um, I was, I made almost the biggest mistake of my life because I didn't listen to a mentor, not about how to raise kids with special needs, but about something else they have always told me. And the concept that we now teach is with our clients is manage weakness, leverage strengths. My daughter physically was half her age developmentally. Mentally, she was over twice her age. So what was I trying to do? I was trying to fix it. Like any emotionally charged dad would, I need to fix the issue. I need her walking. So we're going to hit her with PT after PT after PT's physical therapy, right? All day long. And what happened was they forced us to do a cognitive test just because it was part of protocol. We did the cognitive test. We found out she was way smarter than we ever thought she was. Now I'm teaching my daughter how to walk and use her body using her head. Take your left hand, press it on the floor versus start walking. She's not going to do that, but she can understand mentally what's going on. All of that would have been thrown out the window if I didn't take advice from a mentor of mine who's been in this situation and actually implemented it. That's one thing when I talk to people at mentoring that I, that I also don't get. It's like, well, she told me to do this, but I'm going to do it this. It's like, well, then don't ask someone for advice if you're not going to take it. Yeah, and, and, and it's what it is, it's showing how much you don't value their time. It's the biggest slap in the face you can give to somebody. And it's not because you're you're – hurting their ego. These people, if you're talking to someone who's worth your time to get advice from, then they don't need your approval, right? So you're not hurting them by not doing it, but you are wasting their time. 
I don't respond to people if they ask me this. Well, uh, I try, you told me to do that, but I didn't really want to do that, right? If someone asked me, what do I do? My life's out of control. What do I do? I say, you got to get one of our LPs. They're $30. They're right on our website. Grab an LP and use it for a week, and then let's talk. Oh, okay, I, I didn't really want to get the LP, so I kind of did it this way. Well, then we're not going to talk. I, I, I'm giving you the answer. You're not even trying the first thing I ask you. Why would I tell you the second thing to do? Like, there's a reason I, you asked me, the reason I gave you the advice, it drives me nuts that people don't listen to mentors. And that's the fastest way to destroy a relationship with a mentor is take advice and don't even try to implement it. Don't come back to me. Go back to work on what I said the first time. Well, it'd be like playing a game of ping pong, catching the ball and holding it. The game's over. Exactly. There's no, there's no value. I'm not going to keep hitting your balls. That's not the game. With all your experiences, what advice would you have for mentors? Because so much, so often you hear advice about mentees and how do you find a mentor and it's a ping pong game. What, what do you think makes a good mentor and what advice would you have for someone that's saying, because I've run into this before, I want to be a mentor, but I don't know how. It's like, it's kind of innate, but maybe not. What advice do you have for wannabe mentors? If you want to be a mentor, number one, recognize you don't have to be perfect. Um, I, I call it in our book, we talk about the chapter, we call it filling your buckets is you need to have a bucket that you pour into for yourself, a bucket that you pour into others and a bucket that you let others pour into for you. A lot of mentors, they, if you're not being mentored, you're not the right person, I think, to mentor someone. Like there should be this chain of people in your lives, right? Who are you? Who's helping you? Who are you helping? And how are you helping yourself? That's the first step. The second step is if you want something, you have to give the mentee something tangible they can do, a direct marching order, right? So the first mentor that I really connected with was my first business partner, still to this day, um, still my business partner. We don't talk as much because our lives are kind of all over the place, but I could call him any day and I would have no, no question that he would answer just as, as if we talked all the time. He sat me down and said, I need you, before I even talk with you, I need you to read these five books for me. Read them and do a handwritten book report on how you will implement one thing, or actually it was two things at the time from each chapter and a summary of each chapter of every book I give you. I was like, you're crazy. And it, his logic was so sound when he said, if you don't read these books, I'm going to be speaking to you in a language that you won't understand. So why waste our time? Read the books. You'll get onto my level as far as where we are as a baseline, and then we can go from there. And where that was so helpful was... I didn't have to ask him things, you know, like the first book was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, right? Basically the foundation of all self-growth books. And I was like, all right, well, that's cool. I don't have to recommend, and I would write these amazing reports and years down the road, right? I'm, this is like, we're, this is a 20 year long relationship almost. I asked him, I was like, did you ever read those? And he looked at me. Like, the point of you writing, it wasn't for me. To, I've read the books. You weren't going to give me some insightful thing that I haven't read after the 50th time I've read that book. He said, but I wanted you to take it and learn with implementation in mind. And that's a philosophy I've always had. How am I going to implement whatever I'm learning in my life? Otherwise, there's no value in the concept or the knowledge that we're getting. So now when I'm working with mentors, I will always ask them, Mark, give me a good book that based on what I told you I'm going through, give me a good book that I could read to help me balance this whole thing out. And give me a book and you might give me the worst book ever. But if I want to keep my relationship with you. I'm going to read it. I'm going to figure out a way to implement something that I learned. And then I'm going to talk to you about it. And we're going to get another conversation. And if I don't feel like that's enough and I want another conversation, I'm going to do the same thing. Hey, Mark, any, any podcast you think I should listen to? Right. 
give me something I can do that's not going to take up your time and you're going to be quick. Oh, you got to listen to these three podcasts. And now what I can do without wasting your time is I can understand where your head is based on the information you're taking in. And when you and I have a chance to talk, I'm actually going to be the most uh, value-packed conversation in 15 to 20 minutes that you've had because I know where your head is. I, can, I know where we agree or disagree, right? And I can tell you what I want to do and get a quick conversation that's very valuable for both me and the mentor very quickly. So it sounds like that's advice for both sides of the fence. As, as a mentor, offer resources to the mentee. You personally don't always have, if I hear you right, you as a mentor don't always have to be the resource. It could be the book that you recommend to them. And on a mentee side, to take work off the mentor's plate and respect their time, you could ask, what podcast should I listen to? What book should I listen to? That's, I don't hear, I haven't heard it brought up that often. That's really interesting that it's not just about what the mentor tells you him or herself. Well, the other thing is like, I always ask mentors, my, Hey, give me a call when you're driving. Give me a call when you're at the airport, right? Like, like when's the time that you're not working? Does that make sense? Like, Hey, I'm driving from here to here. I'll be, because then I got them for like an hour. Does that make sense? Versus like, let's call them in the middle of the work day. Hey, I got a 15 minute call. What's up? Their head's not even in the conversation. So if I have a high level individual that I really want to get some information from, I'm gonna say, what, when's the next time you're traveling? I'll wait three weeks to have that conversation. Because what else are you going to do in the middle of an airport? Heck, the flight gets delayed, I get even more time, right? They have nothing else to do. So it's, it's another thing to get them to be at in a mindset that I want them to be at to make it where they go, where they need to go. So it's, it, by being respectful of their time, you get more of their time. Yeah, and, and it's, but it's beyond respectful. Like being respectful of your time is being here on time. I'm talking being like, I want to make their, I want to be the easiest thing of their whole day. And I want to be an energizing conversation for them so that next time I call, they want to talk to me. They want to hear how their advice helped me. See, people like to help people. That's the thing that people don't get. But they don't like, they only like to help people that are needing to be helped. No one wants to help someone who knows everything. I've had calls with people who want to be mentees of mine, if you want to call it that. I don't even think it's a, you know, it's the right way to say it, where, by the time I get off the phone, I realize all I want to do is explain to them why they are so wrong in what they think they know about where they're going in life because they're spending the whole time telling me about them. I don't need to hear about them. This is no offense to whoever it is, but just like that's not the point of the conversation. As a mentee, if you're talking more than the mentor, there's something wrong with that transition of conversation. So be cautious of that. As a mentor, if your mentee thinks they have everything in, in line and in order, don't think it's your responsibility to cut them off at the feet unless you have a relationship with them that is like that, right? They're obviously lost. They're obviously confused. Coach them through what they just did and say, hey, and I've done this. Say, look, you told me about everything you know of what you're going to do, so I don't quite understand where I'm needed. So why don't you go back and let's touch base next week. Let's try this one more time. Because they're bound to do it somewhere else. I, I had a, a person call me um, to work with me. And look, we, we coach for a living, right? So I, I have to handle these calls slightly different, right? If you're paying me five, 10 grand a month to be a coach, then it's a much more in-depth, we're having this conversation and I'm leading the conversation. But if you're just calling me as a younger entrepreneur, just trying to figure some of this stuff out, I'll usually give 30 minutes or so. And, hey, let's just talk. And usually the advice I always give is number one, you got to humble yourself not in a fake way, but in a true way. 
in a way of, look, I don't know what I don't know. Like, like I, here's what I do know. And I don't need to tell you what I do know. I need to tell you what I don't know. And I'm not sure how I'm going to handle this. I'm not sure how I'm going to grow my company. I need to hire my first employee. What do I do? I need to hire my 10th employee. I need to hire my first, you know, C-level employee, whatever it might be. Find someone who's done what you've done, ask them how they did it, and then try to implement what they've done and see what happens. So actually listening, to, listen, getting a blueprint, it sounds like almost. Yeah. And for anything you have, you want to have kids, don't go look for parents that you like their marriage. Like that's a big mistake I found is people are like, Oh, these two love each other and they have kids. I want to go see how they do it. Well, how's the relationship with their kids? When Maria and I, my wife, when we had kids, I wanted to find other couples that I could reach out to who have a loving marriage and a loving relationship with their kids and kids that I was impressed by. Does that make sense? It's the fruit they bear, right? It's not necessarily, you know, it's not the tree. It's what comes off the tree. You know, everyone, our trees can look nice, but if it doesn't create an apple, it's, it's worthless. So I want to I look and see, okay, so if I want to be a good parent, I don't look for the parents. I look for the kids. And when I find the results that I'm looking for, right, the good, mature, well-behaved kids, I then will go to the parents and say, how did you do that? You guys are crazy, but somehow your kids turned out okay. And I don't, I, don't, I don't care if we're crazy. I want my kids to turn out okay. Can we talk? So it's coming full circle. It's what, you, it's what you said originally. It's someone who's done what you need to do, not someone who's rich, famous, or whatever. In any walks of life. If, if I want to start a podcast, Mark, I'm calling you. What do I do? Well, here, and, and I bet you, you could in 30 minutes save me weeks, months of times of you trying to figure it out yourself type thing. I mean, unless you probably already got a mentor, right? But you get the point if you're an average person. It's just, once you learn that the value of this and why it's so worth to do it well and value the mentor's time so that the mentor sits there and goes, like when they get off the phone, they should go, wow, that was an impressive individual. And the funny thing is, the less I talk, the more impressive I see. I love that. So, so in closing, if there was one thing you want to impart to people about mentoring, what would that be? Uh, one thing. Someone says, I want to do this on either side of the fence, but I'm a busy person. I don't have time to go through a 10 point checklist. What's the uh, one thing that I need to know? The one thing you need to know is just be authentic on either side. Be real. Like, like as a mentor, be okay saying, I don't know. As a mentee being okay saying, I don't know. Um, that would be the one thing that I think, and that's just any relationship in reality. Um, when it comes to a mentee, because I think mentors, it's like, look, I don't know if I get, look, get over that. If you're thinking that and you're listening to this podcast, I don't know if this is just me being from Philly and this is just how we talk, but like anyone could be a mentor. You don't need a qualification to be a mentor, right? You just need a mentee to be a mentor. So for mentees though, the one piece of advice that I would give is make sure that you are bringing value to your mentor. And now a lot of mentees are going to say, well, how do I do that? It's by respecting their time. Don't reach out. I had a sales call the other day. It was the worst sales call I've ever had in my life. They had me look at their, their, their model prior to us coming on was amazing. I mean, I, I, was, I was all in on buying this. And this was not an inexpensive program that we were going to implement. I was all in. And I said, hey, I just watched about 30 minutes of videos like you asked. They were all amazing sales videos. I, I was super impressed with the way they processed this whole thing. I said, can you do me a favor? Can you look at this one site so you don't ask me what we do? Get on the phone, 
you know, maybe two minutes of the traditional kind of chit chat from a sales rep. First question. So Matt, tell me what you all do at Life Pulse Inc. <laughs> I said, look, man. I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I texted you. This is because, like, I mean, they were all over me. I mean, it was amazing. I said, I asked you to do one thing. Did you even look at the website? Oh, yeah, I know. You, you want to grow your business. I'm like, dude, this conversation's done. And I hung up and I said, I'm, I, I was a sure close. I just need to know how do I pay and what's the first step? That's all I needed to know. And I needed you to take some interest in what I'm doing. So when you're a mentee trying to find a mentor, never ask Mark, Mark, what do you do? Google him, get on LinkedIn, find out what he does, find out what charities Mark's a part of, find out how Mark does what Mark did, find out what, I mean, LinkedIn's an, such an amazing tool. Go in with questions prepared, not ones that can be Googled. Don't waste a phone call on something you can Google, right? Maybe that's the key to, to summarize the whole thing of don't waste a phone call on something you could Google when it comes to finding a mentor. And don't, uh, I'm giving you more. Sorry, Mark. I know you said you wanted to keep it up. <laughs> other thing is recognize age is not an issue when it comes to mentoring. I have mentors of mine that are way younger than me. I have mentors of mine that are way older than me. And I think what happens is it's like, after you hit a certain age, like once you get in the professional world, I don't care how old or young they are, they can teach you something. So be a, te be a student your whole life. That is excellent advice. Thank you so much for the time today, Matt. Happy to, Mark. Appreciate your time. Appreciate you letting me on. And if someone wants to find you online, what's the best way to go about it? The best way to go about it would be um, to go to our social media, which is just at Life Pulse Inc. Um, or uh, one thing I like to do, Mark, if you're cool with it, um, when we have a good conversation, which I enjoyed this conversation, uh, we sometimes offer a gift at the end for any listeners. So if you go to lifepulseinc.com backslash pod gift, uh, we put up a bunch of stuff uh, for your listeners to check out. Uh, and then obviously just make sure you put this podcast name uh, on how you heard about us. So we appreciate it. And that would be the best way to see what we do to contact us, go through social media at Life Pulse Inc. Uh, and we can help you out. Excellent. Thanks again, Matt. This has been awesome. Awesome, Mark. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing Podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.